Hey y'all, welcome to another episode of Chats from the Blog Cabin, the show where I invite people into the blog cabin to chat about life. I'm Melissa, your host. Today I'm chatting with fellow blogger Ajanique Rawl from Lots of Sass Blog, and we're talking about her book club, Lots of Books Club. It's a really amazing book club that she started right about June, July, during the time that um, the people were protesting against the death of George Floyd by the hands of the police. And so this book club is a really interesting twist to it. It, They only focus on authors of color, um, black authors mostly. And the books that we have read are pretty amazing. I will put them in the show notes so that you guys can actually um, read them if you want. I'll put the links to the show notes as well about it. So really have a great chat. We talk about these books and Lakewood is that awesome. So you need to grab that book. So you know what I need you to do right now? That's right. Start listening. Hi, guys. Welcome back to another edition of Chats from the Blog Cabin. I am joined by Ajanique. She is super cool, super fun. I think I met you on a wine tour. Am I correct? Is that the first time we met? Um, Maybe. It was either a wine tour or... Or did we meet at the Southern Women's Fashion Show? Maybe I don't remember. I don't remember either. It's been it's been a while, but I don't remember what exact event it was that we met at. Yeah. Well, so why don't you tell us a little about yourself? Sure. So I am Algenic Raw. I'm the blogger and creative behind Lots of Sass Blog. I've been running that blog for almost four years in November, which is really insane and. Uh, just kind of crazy to think about, but I've been running that blog for almost four years. Um, my blog is not uh, anymore my full-time job. I actually work now uh, full-time in digital in, H- in an HR company um, and still have my blog on the side. So it's, it's fun. It's a fun life. It's a crazy, crazy life outside of blogging and work. Um, I'm currently a grad student, uh, so that just adds on to it. And um, have recently started, you know, so many fun things like a book club and um, just all different types of things. So lot, lots happening in my world all the time. Yeah, I'm like, how did you find the time to start a book club? Because that's one of the reasons why I wanted you on. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah, I, I'm not sure how. So let's talk about your book club. Lots yeah. of books club. Let's talk yeah. about that. Sure. So I started this book club, um, I want to say in July, just kind of on a whim. Um, A few of my girlfriends and I, uh, fellow Black bloggers, we did an IGTV series for a couple weeks in the end of June and the kind of beginning of July. And all just talking about different topics uh, that were really important to us. So I had released an IGTV all about um, why we just, just need to be addressing um, our uncomfortableness, our biases, uh, everything that we were watching in the news in the summer, why we needed to address that and, and be hit with that as hard as we should. And so following that, I did a video all about um, why you should be reading books from Black authors that aren't only about anti-racism or racism in general. So I was finding that, you know, as we're all going through um, and we're watching the news and you know, we're seeing innocent Black men being killed on television. Everyone's like, oh, I need to read this anti-racist book. I need to read this anti-racist book. And 
there's nothing wrong with that. That's great. But I feel like it it only gives this one narrative of what mm-hmm. the Black experience is like or what uh, Black authors are like. And it's just not true. Um, I won't say it's not true. I'll say it's not the full experience mm-hmm. because all of those books uh, are true in their real life events. It's not the full experience, though. So I just kind of started out of there and, and was like, hey, you know, if you guys want to start a book club, then let me know. And so many people were like, yeah, let's start one. So within like the first two weeks, there was a little bit over 200 or almost 200 people in the book club Facebook group. And so now we are about to be on our fourth book and um, just doing it for six months. And we only read books by Black authors. So it has been so fun, so exciting, tiring, but a really good time. Uh, last month, we had the author of the book, uh, Megan Giddings. She wrote Lakewood. She was actually on the one of the nights of book club with us, which was just such a treat. So it's been fun to build this little community of people, especially right now where we feel so disconnected. It's been really fun. And it's, it's nice to read and have people kind of hold you accountable. Um, and with the book club, you, you kind of have to read to be part of the conversation. So I know. I always sign up, have good intentions of showing up, but I do read the books. <laughs> but it's just like it, it, something happens and I can't make it because I really wanted to go to the last one because Lakewood just blew my oh mind. My Isn't it crazy? It was like an insane book. Insane. It just like blew my mind. I was like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe it. So let's talk about how do you pick a book? That's a good, good, good question. So uh, I kind of, with with starting the book club, I wanted to, of course, only read Black authors, but I wanted to go across genres. So I didn't want to only read fiction, only read nonfiction, only read this. I wanted to kind of spread the deck a little bit. So in case you're not a fiction person, in case you're not a romance person, that you would still find a book out of these six months that you really, really enjoyed. So the first book was kind of an easy pick because um, it was a book I got an early release of, The Vanishing Half, and it was already like within a day, a New York Times bestseller. And so um, I think it came out like right before I announced book club. And since I already had the book, I knew how much people loved it. It was being, it was sold out everywhere. You couldn't get it. I'm like, this is a good book to start us off. This, you know, is a good book to, yes, of course, talk about race, but not just be an anti-racist book to talk about, you know, uh, different generations and what it really means to pass. One of the biggest um, kind of concepts in the book is the concept of passing. So uh, the two girls, the twins, they were biracial mm-hmm. um, or they, they had very, very fair skin. And so one of them was able to pass as a white woman in her adult years and one of them wasn't. And so it is. it felt like a really good book to, yes, talk about race, but talk about what that privilege also means, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's a, people wouldn't have to pass if they didn't know that there was a privilege associated with looking a certain race or, or being a certain way. So it was just a really awesome book to get us started off. And, you know, we were talking and chatting and then uh, we all found out the book was going to become a series. So we started so high. Um, so that was really exciting. But out like past that, it was kind of just, like I said, me going across genres. We did a uh, rom-com in August, which was really fun. And then September we did Lakewood, which is, you know, nonfiction, but it had all these kind of different elements, a little thriller, a little suspense, a little uh, medical history, medical racism. It was so cool. So I just, I find things that I like and I try to go across genres and I try to find books that people probably have not read. 
Um, the Vanishing App, most people were going to read that, but the other books I've picked mm -hmm. so far, most people would not have found those books on their own. So um, I like that. And that's exciting that I get to expose, you know, readers to new authors and to books that they probably wouldn't have tried before. Yeah, because honestly, you exposed me to three new authors and I'm like, awesome. I want to read everything they write. I've already, like I said before, you know, right now we're reading Born a Crime and I'd already actually got it on Audible to listen to them speak. Awesome. Because I think when an author is speaking his words, they come across so much more powerful, you know? Yes. And that book is a couple of years old. I want to say it came out in maybe 2015. 2014 but it was like audibles it was a top audible book that year and um crazy 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 and so many people know trevor knower so it's like this is a good autobiography to dig into where people can see the real life person um and what they're doing today so i'm excited for that discussion later um in october any chance that the author might come on that one uh, <laughs> only in dreams uh in my dreams that's happening in real life um i'm gonna say probably not but a girl can dream right a girl can and can really dream <laughs> have you have you reached out though i have not i have not and i that's okay that's okay um last month was such a treat and i one of the reasons why I enjoyed Megan coming outside of her just being awesome is that she is a, you know, she's not as well known as kind of these bigger authors that were, um, that are other, well, most of the other books were, were newer authors um, outside of Trevor Noah. So it was kind of cool for people to meet her on a personal level and kind of get to know her as a person. So I like that. I kind of, I think it would be cool to start having authors who it's their first book or second book or Maybe they're really low key. So you get to know them on a personal level. They already don't have a platform. So you said only six months. Do you see extending it because of the, of the encouragement and the commitment that people are just loving it? I would love to. I think it would be really awesome to extend it. Um, yeah, at this point, I'm kind of figuring out, right? Because time is moving so quickly. Like we're about to be on our fourth book. So I'm like, Ooh, we only have two more books left for the year, right? Have to make them good. Mm -hmm. uh, so I am thinking about extending it, but I just don't know. I don't know really what it will look like now. I don't know if we'll continue monthly, if we'll go to some type of quarterly or every other month. Uh, right now, I'm just, just looking at my options. And of course, I'm going to pull the book club and kind of see where they're at. Uh, just realizing monthly is hard for a lot of people. It's It, it doesn't seem like a commitment, but it definitely is. A commitment for people and you know we're seeing it right now we don't know what the next week is going to look like let alone the next year so that's true but if you get books like you've been getting that they're page turners people are reading i know i read like liquid i got it and as soon as i started in it i just could not put it down it was that good see and then you feel pressure because you're like what if the next book is not as good as the last one right they're all amazing but because they go across genres and authors and styles. It's like people really loved X, but what if they don't love Z? Like, it, you know, so you, I kind of start to second guess, uh, unfortunately. Well, I would say my least favorite was Take a Hint, Danny Brown, because really? I, yeah, that was my, I guess it's because I was more into the historical and the, mm -hmm. I like that kind of mystery type of thing. Yeah. And the Vanishing Half, I just absolutely loved to begin with. I mean, I just absolutely, that was my, that book. I was just like, I, I cannot that. believe. 
It had a little bit of everything in that book. Everything. It was so good. So good. <laughs> like, what else do you do? So, when you're picking a book, what do you think about when you pick them? Um, the kind of the first thing I like to think about is accessibility, right? Recognizing that books are expensive and as much as we love reading and enjoy books, I know that buying a new book is sometimes a luxury or it, it is a luxury. Um, books are pricey. Sometimes it's hard to find books. So, um, I, I think about accessibility. How easy is it for someone to get this book? If it's an older book, maybe it's one you can borrow or get at the thrift store. Um, so that's kind of the biggest thing. I don't ever want our book pick to hinder someone from being able to attend. Uh, the second thing I think about is the author. Um, and like I said earlier, do people know this author? Would you walk into a store and pick up this author automatically? And if the answer is no, I usually kind of shift more that way because I want people to be exposed to new Black authors, right? We kind of have the same five or six that have been talked about for years that are great and wonderful and deserve every single bit of praise and recognition that they get. At the same time, there are so many other authors who don't get that recognition, who don't get that same kind of bright light put on them and their great work. So that's kind of the second thing I think about. And the third is just how um, how easy is it to have conversation about that book? Or not easy, um, how much conversation do I think we could pull out of that book? Yes. If, it's a, if it's a book that's super fluffy and there's not a lot there and there's not a lot of characters, not a lot of concepts, it can be hard to have a one-hour conversation about that book. So I want things to have enough depth where we can have a good conversation um, and we can push people to understand and learn more, but would, of course, never want to um, offend anyone or make someone feel like they can't read a book or they, mm -hmm. they can't finish it. I think as a book club person or a book club owner or starter or whatever, that your book should kind of challenge people, especially when you have the goal in mind that I have for this book club. It should be, there should be aspects that they maybe haven't been exposed to before mm -hmm. um, or challenge some of their biases and ideas. That's, that's kind of the point. So those three things. <laughs> so you also do something really cool when you put the book out, you say buy it from these certain places. So tell mm -hmm. us a little bit about that. Yeah. So, you know, especially right now, right, we're in a very fragile economic state depending on where you're at and how you're looking at it. And, you know, our small businesses are suffering, right? Most people would agree with that. Um, I don't have a huge stance on that either way, but we know that, you know, when businesses are closed, they can't make money. And so if we are looking at supporting black authors, my first thought is why don't we try to support black bookstores, black owned bookstores? So that's always the first place I tell people about. I try to supply a list. Um, so many websites have put out lists this summer about, you know, 10 bookstores in your state or 100 bookstores across the country, whatever. I try to put that list out first and, and challenge and ask people to, if you're able, order your book from one of these Black bookstores. Doesn't matter which one you choose, just if you can support that local Black bookstore, that would be awesome. Um, so I like to give that option. I like to also give the option of Bookshop, which is an online bookstore, and they contribute, you know, I want to say a majority of their profit back to indie and small bookstores. So you can pay the same price and get it from their website and 20% goes back immediately to um, whatever bookstore you choose. And if you don't choose a bookstore, the profit 
just gets split between all of them. Um, so I like to supply that option. And then the last one I like to supply is Scribed. Um, that's like a, it's an app or a website where you can get unlimited eBooks and audiobooks. I think for 10 bucks a month. And most of the books that we've read, I wanna say Lakewood was on there and Take a Hint Danny Brown um, was on there. And I just, I like having that option for people who like audiobooks and mm-hmm. uh, eBooks, but also who wanna do something a little bit more affordable. Um, because like I said, buying a new book when it's brand new, you know, mm-hmm. that can be 30 bucks sometimes, $27 sometimes. And I, I know that can quickly add up for people. So I, I like to give people options. Um, and then last resort, I'll say order from, you know, Amazon or it, only this book. I've really pushed people to Amazon because Audible and being able to listen to his voice because it's so powerful. But I try to get people to shop, you know, places where the money is going to go directly to, to benefit others. So when you're thinking about a book, have you already read it before you even think about it for the book club? Or is it a new experience for you as well? Both. So I had already read, I had already read Lakewood and I had already read Take a Hint. No, no, I had only, the only book I had already read was Take a, no, was Lakewood. Sorry. The other books, um, Take a Hint, Danny Brown, I hadn't read that one, but I read the first one. So Get a Life, Chloe Brown. And I love that book. And so when I was reading kind of clips and excerpts and just thoughts and opinions on the second book, I knew like, okay, this would be a really good book to use for book club. I think I had got like halfway through it before um, I announced it, but I knew it was going to be gold. The Vanishing Half, I did not read, even though I had an an Mm. early release copy from like March. (laughs) I just, I never read it. Um, I did the same thing. I kind of read reviews and saw what other people who had an early copy said about it. And the same thing for this month. I haven't read this book yet. I'm reading it alongside my book club folks but I know the power that this book has um, and everything that people enjoy about it. So sometimes I do, sometimes I don't, um, but so far it hasn't failed me. People seem to love the book. So that's going to be a lot of pressure on you to make sure that everybody's going to majority will love the book and not have a problem with the book. Yeah. I mean, you know, the best part about having a big book club is that if people don't like a book or they say this book is not for me, then they can skip out on that month. Right. Like, I don't want to pressure people to come and have a conversation they don't want to have. But take, for example, Lakewood. That book is insane, right? You read it. Mm-hmm. There's lots of things in it where you're like, okay, what? What's going on? What's happening? Um, or some things that are like, this is weird, or this is uncomfortable, or this is scary, or you know, just all these different things. And so many people on book club last month, they didn't finish it. Wow. Yeah, there were people who did not finish, but they had, they were still able to contribute to the conversation and say, why they didn't finish or what they thought the book was like or how they thought the book was going to be based on the title and then what happened when they started reading. Um, And I don't judge people for that because the point is to get out of your comfort zone and find some new books. So of course people are not going to like every book, but um, it's just kind of life, right? (laughs) It's totally fine. If they don't skip that month, come back the next month and it's, you know, it's all good. Yeah. Cause I mean, Lakewood, that, that twist at the end just, blew my mind i did not i was not even thinking about that yeah wait which twist because there was a there were a few which twist the mom oh yeah 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 that was insane i i listened to that book um because it was unscribed 
And I had to replay like that chapter and the chapter before like twice, because I was like, is this making the connection that I think it's making? I just want to be sure. I don't want to assume. Uh, yeah, it, it was insane. It was insane at the end. But some people were like, they couldn't get through some of the other places. And even coming to the book club conversation, they're like, okay, I want to read more. I want to see what happens now. Um, so it, it was crazy, but it was such a good book. I want to know when you were, when you were talking to the author and the book club, mm -hmm. I hate I missed that one. Cause I mean, that book just blew my mind. It's okay. Um, um, did, she say, did she say that she was going to write another book to like the backstory? Cause I think that would be awesome. So someone asked her that question. Someone kind of brought it up um, that Tuesday night when we had our normal book club. And then Thursday when we had her on, someone did say, you know, it would be cool to kind of see the book from the mom's perspective and telling the whole story and see, you know, if and when she realizes what's happening. Um, and she didn't really give a comment on that. She did say she's working on a book, but it's not a, it's not a sequel. It's not a next book in the series. It's a completely different idea. So we would love to read more, to read from other people's views or perspectives, but we, we just have to keep guessing, which is sometimes fun we can just kind of assume what we think would happen and keep conversation going so and see how and see how far back it goes generation wise i know because that was three generations when when you got to the end and they were mm -hmm. um exposing everything and that was just what we knew so if you think about you know if there was a second book and they found diaries or they found you know anything it could go back further than that um, mm -hmm. And at the end, this, the people from the study just disappear. So do they go to another town? Do they, you know, just stop the study altogether? How long has the study been going on? I mean, you just don't know. And it, it could be generation after generation after generation. And you would have no idea. Yeah. And then plus two, you, future generations as well. Yep. How that's going to play out. I mean, just, just, it just blew my mind. Mm -hmm. But then I started thinking it's, it's awful that our country has done that. Mm -hmm. people that are they consider lower than everybody else yep yeah and i'm just it just like i just can't see it happening but i know it happens i'm not, oh, not yeah. even saying it doesn't happen but to me i just can't imagine anybody else hurting someone like that i just can't yeah it's it's inhumane but when you you know we had a lot of conversation about other studies that have happened studies that have been documented and then studies that we just you know think about there were so many examples that you can find online. We talked a lot about the Tuskegee syphilis experiment mm -hmm. and how that was supposed to be, I wanna say three to six months and lasted 40 years. And even throughout the experiment, you know, a few years in, uh, we had penicillin, which was supposed to, at that time was known to be a cure for syphilis. And the researchers knew and they didn't give anyone in the study the cure, they just kept going and going and going. These folks never got health care. They never got all these things they would promise. And their whole lives were compromised. And some of them died from their condition because they didn't tell them. They didn't give them any type of support. So, you know, that was that study ended not yesterday, but not that long ago. Okay. Um, so it is it is alive. There's if you if you just look, you will find so many documented um, occurrences of that happening. It's just it's unfortunate. It really, really is. 
Even going back to, um, I'm just going to bring this out there, but even our own country did it in Vietnam with Agent Orange. I mean, they did it to all our soldiers supposedly to help them, but ended up hurting them. I mean, right. and that was uh, people of all colors and all races and all nationalities. Um, yeah, because the Vietnam Vietnamese were even suffering from that just to see that. Mm -hmm. The big, that whole dynamic of, you know, trying things out for science on people just I just can't you know, it's just yeah. me mm -hmm. so why is it important that we read authors of color I mean I was exposed to three new authors here and I absolutely love them all and like I said I'm going to end up reading more and I've researched because honestly when I pick up a book I don't think about it's somebody that's a, a author of color or you know Hispanic or whatever I just read a book to read a book because I love to read a book but why is it important to do that yeah so for a big reason, as I said earlier, we we tend to think that experiences in life look one way because it's all we've been exposed to. And so take a big example of romance. When you look at most popular romance novels and the most popular romance television and movies, all these characters look the same, right? It's it's the same story. Um, you know, this man meets a woman, you know, they fall in love. The woman has to give up everything that she loves and wants to do to have this mediocre, not exciting, subservient life to have this, this love of her life, which there's nothing wrong with that. That's what you want to do. But then we start having this one picture of what romance looks mm -hmm. like. And so we, we start to think all women want that. We start to think all love is going to look like that. And when all of the people involved are only white, we start thinking that's that that is how mm -hmm. romance is supposed to look. There's no culture tied in. There's no experiences of people who don't live this privileged life of what their love story may look mm -hmm. like. And so we just we get into this view and we start to think that, oh, the, the black experience looks this way or the Latino experience looks this mm -hmm. way. But the white experience can be this vast, deep, wide vessel. But everything else has to be in this small mm -hmm. um this small thing and, and we, we stereotype and we think that, you know, people can only be the way that we've seen them online, not realizing that we, we're not exposed on purpose, right? Mm -hmm. Authors of color, black authors, Latino authors, authors are not giving the same privileges and they're not giving the same platforms that white authors are. So of course, they're not gonna have the same exposure. Um, so it's it's just this concept that we, we only most of the time can imagine what we've seen. And if we don't ever expose ourselves to anything new, then we can't imagine it, right? If you live in a family where you've always been uh, below the poverty line, you've always struggled, you've never had more than, you know, what you absolutely need, then you, you start to have a limited view mm -hmm. as to what life is like. The same thing when people are filthy rich and have everything handed to them, they have this limited view of the world and they think, okay, everyone else's life much, must be like this or everyone else must have these same things that I have. And we just rob ourselves. We rob ourselves of knowing people, of knowing experiences, of being well-rounded, of being cultured. Um, and that the systems in place already put down, you know, black people, people of color mm -hmm. in so many different ways. Like why not take it upon ourselves to expose ourselves and, and do our own kind of um, just learning and growing um, with people who don't look like us or maybe who do, but we've never experienced mm -hmm. what they've experienced. I know a lot of the books, especially some of the ones that you picked out, exposes to the culture. And I love that. You know, my husband is Hispanic. My husband's from Mexico, a native of Mexico. So having that 
part of his culture, I've learned a little bit more. And then having conversations and books and stuff like that, that um, my black friends have shown me that I've learned more by listening. And that's what we need, all need to do, don't we? I all need to sit down and have intelligent conversations and not scream back and forth at each other, but actually say, why do I need to learn this? And like you, like you said earlier, you know, we all need, everybody's experiences are different. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I mean, the, the unfortunate part sometimes with that narrative is that, you know, people feel entitled to know everyone else's experience when they're ready to hear it. So of course, you know, we have Black Lives Matter protests happening all summer. We're seeing, you know, brands reach out and say, we stand with this person. We stand with this, we, you know, all of these things. And then they feel like, okay, well, you're Black. You need to tell us your experience so we understand what you go through so we can then critique it and figure out how much of it we want to believe and respect to make us like you or to make us, to make you seem deemable to us. And so I feel like that sometimes becomes really hard because yeah, you, it's hard to know people if you don't know them. You have to understand mm -hmm. their experiences sometimes, you have to get to know them. At the same time, we also have to realize that we are not entitled to that. Mm -hmm. We are not entitled to people sharing their life stories, sharing their heartaches, sharing awful things that have happened to them for the sake of your education we're just not yeah and i feel like that has been a really hard experience for people because you know just right now people feel so entitled to know who you are and what you've been through so they can deem you as valuable and that's that's more hurtful right you only want me to show up to share my trauma so that you can say you know a black person that's not okay no that's not that should not be how you get to know people um and unfortunately a lot of people have have tried to take that route um, because they're saying, oh, I want to learn. You should teach me. No, you want to learn. You should teach yourself. Um, yeah. If people want to help you, then great. People want to be there for you, then great. But you shouldn't lean on people's awful experiences, right? Like, we don't ask people who have survived mm -hmm. trauma or PTSD or assault to share their experience with us every day to understand their experience. Yeah. But we do it with people of certain races and certain nationalities and mm -hmm. sexual orientations. We expect yep. that to deem them as human, and that's just not okay. No, it's not. I mean, everybody's valuable in their own right, regardless of their story. And I mean, but I think the biggest thing is a lot of people are scared to ask, or either they're they either don't ask enough questions, or they ask, or they ask too many questions. There's yeah. not really a middle ground where they're like they don't they don't want to do the education part and the research part themselves they want to just go okay so this happened to you tell me immediately you know instead of researching how many other people have this happened to how many other stories are there out there like that it's not one and done it's a um, continuing conversation with people and they've got to realize that hey if you're not okay with to talk about it then it's okay for you not to talk about it you know okay. yeah but there's a lot of people out there now that are offended because you don't want to talk to me. Well, I guess I know what you are, you know, in that type yeah. of thing. Mm -hmm. And it's just, I can't even imagine. I mean, I get it part way with my husband being Hispanic and from Mexico, you know, and, um, biracial mixed couple and mixed children. Like my daughters are Mexican American. So they're always like, you know, they're not white enough for their white friends and they're not, Hispanic enough for their Hispanic friends. So, you know, that type of thing. So honestly, I just want to thank you for creating that book club. I know it came out because of what happened with George Floyd kind of a little bit and then, but it's grown. And I mean, I think you're opening up a lot of people's eyes to not only 
teaching us through these books, but also what great authors there are that I, I honestly would never heard of but one. But I'm so glad I've read those books because these books, oh. man, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, Lakewood. I mean, The Vanishing yes. House, I love that one, but Lakewood just blew my mind. Your mind, right? Crazy. And all of these stories have technically been different genres, every single book. Uh, you know, The Vanishing Half is more historical fiction with a little bit of contemporary where Lakewood is contemporary fiction, but it's kind of suspense. It's kind of thriller. It's kind of mystery. It's kind of medical. It's it's all mm -hmm. these different things that it was so different from The Vanishing Half. So completely different. But they're both fiction books by definition. So mm -hmm. um it's been cool to kind of expose people to these different stories and just, just get their wheels turning. Right. It's, it's been fun. Yeah. Because honestly with the vanishing half, you know, that really opened my eyes too, because, you know, like you said, people that pass mm -hmm. as white because of how light their skin are. I mean, it's even with the Hispanic culture like that. There's some people that can pass as white because of how light their skin color is. So honestly, I was like to be separated in twins and Oh, that blew my mind too and that constantly having to hide who you are yep I can't even imagine yeah and that was recent i mean the book ended the book took us from the 1950s to the 1990s but you know it wasn't yesterday but it wasn't that long ago so yeah that was still happening right that's and that's just one person's story one person's book imagine how many people in real life have experienced that in that time um, yeah yeah so do you have a list on your website of books that you recommend by black authors or no? That's a good question. I used to, um, I used to, I don't right now, I kind of have that section under construction, but on my bookshop, which is on my blog under the book club page, it does say like what I read and um, I have the whole list of like black authors that I want to read and uh, books and fiction and thrillers and what I've been reading throughout quarantine. So for right now, all of the books are kind of held there until I figure out a way to make it look presentable um, on my website. But I like having it on bookshop because people can, can just go and click and buy and kind of look at other authors. And like I said, they're, they split their profits out um, for indie bookstores. So it's, it's for a good cause too. So besides the four titles that you did with the book club, which is Lakewood, Take a Hint, Danny Brown, The Vanishing Half, and Born a Crime, what other ones would you recommend? Oh, oh my gosh. There's so many books. Or what authors would you recommend? Oh my gosh. That's such a loaded question. Um, that's a good question. I can't think of any off the top of my head at this second but what i would do is all of you know people's favorite black authors what i would do is go to their websites go to their social media and look at what books they're reading well, because authors different. like to support fellow authors and so if you go to you know jasmine gullery who's a huge author who's written um, i'm going to say five six books she's in the romance section um, if you go to her website or go to her social media, you'll see all the other authors that she talks about, that she praises, that she encourages people to read. So I would find the Black authors that you enjoy or authors that you enjoy in general and go read their suggestions. Um, go see what type of you know support they're giving to Black authors and read those books. Because if you like their books, you're probably going to like who they recommend 
or it's going to help you in some way step out of your comfort zone. So I have like a million in my mind that just wouldn't even be possible to share. But, you know, as I said, if you have a favorite black author or a couple, go look at what they're reading um, in their suggestions and start there to kind of expand what you're thinking. So um, I do have a question. Sure. Austin Channing Brown, are you ever going to do anything on her with the book club? Can you repeat the author? Austin. Is it Austin Channing Brown or Austin Brown Channing? I can never. I know, get her. Well, I know who you're talking about. Um, that's a good question. I won't say no. Because right now we only have two books left, right? Uh -huh. So I'm kind of pedal to the metal about which books I'm going to pick. Um, so I won't say no because maybe, right? I don't have, I will be honest, I don't have our next two books picked. I need to figure out at least our November book pretty quickly. But as of this very second in time, I don't have um, those books picked. And, you know, next year is still a work in progress. So I will I will say no author is off the table right now. Um, I've, I've spread across kind of every genre. You know, the first four have been different genres. Mm -hmm. That's not every genre, but I've kind of done a little bit of a widespread. And I'm just going to keep spreading as far as possible. So, you know, if, if people start you know, reaching out to me about their favorite black authors or books that they've read. I always take suggestions from people. And this month, um, our book club members even vote in on which book they wanted out of two. So mm -hmm. I want the book club readers to enjoy what they're reading um, and for them to feel like they have a say if they want one. Because honestly, that book kind of opened my eyes a little bit too, because her name's Austin. And I'm like, okay, why did her mom name her a boy's name? But then it goes in and says why. And I'm like, I would have never thought of that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I guess it's because I honestly say my white privilege. I would have never thought that the name you name your child would get you into the, get a job application because that's not something I normally every day would think about, but it's something yeah. I need to start thinking about. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, my name's Ajanique. So I know when people look at, you know, my resume, they, they may already have ideas of what I am or what I'm not or what I look like or what I have or what life experiences that I've had. Um, and I would definitely say it's it's different for people who maybe have names like Alicia or Ashley or, you know, these names that are very common that could be across any race. Mm -hmm. um, it's you feel different sometimes when people talk to you or when people, you know, say things to you or they assume that you're uneducated because you have a certain type of name that mm -hmm. they deem not respectable. And they assume, oh, your name is this. Oh, OK, you're, you're not worthy. You're not worth yeah. anything. Um so it's true. It's so unfortunate, but it is true across the board. I just came in. I, I remember when we were on our wine tour with Ashley from I am fabulous. Mm -hmm. um, and we were talking about thrifting and we saw, I saw a thrift store and I didn't even look at the, look in the um, window and you looked in the window. Do you remember what you saw? No, what did I say? Oh my god, it was a Confederate flag, and you looked at Ashley, and you're like, uh, yeah. "You might not want to go in there." And I'm like, yeah. "I am so sorry, I did not see that." But yeah, I guess that's because, god. you know, it's just like you're not attuned. There's certain things that certain we need to learn and be more tuned to other people's culture. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's I mean, that's obviously a flag, like a, a red flag, a big flag, right? Uh -huh. <laughs> Uh, yeah, there's so many things when, you know, when you're for, from certain cultures that you just know, okay, that's a no go, right? Like for mm -hmm. 
people I know who are white or white friends or white colleagues, that list of places they won't go or things they won't do is slim to none for most of them. Um, but when you look at your friends who are part of different cultures or even different body types, right? Like if you're 250 pounds, six foot one black male, there are certain places that you maybe, maybe you'll still go, but you have, a, you have your guard up or you, you know, you feel like you have to do more or be more, be better, be different to not have certain consequences. Um, and that's something that, you know, like I said, most white people I know don't have that fear, right? Most white people I know don't have a fear of getting pulled over or don't have a fear of walking around their neighborhood or don't have a fear of people questioning if they live there, if that's their, really their car or, you know, they don't have those fears. But when you talk to other people who are not white and who don't fit this um, kind of privileged society, they have those fears and they're, they're far too real. Yeah, and I thank you for, with these books, opening up our eyes to a lot of that, too, because, I mean, the, the medical, I'm, I'm still going back to Lakewood. I know, it's, it's, the book is insane. it's an insane book. It's so good. It's so like, oof. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, to opening it up and just through literature, through literature, you know, opening it up in books and say, hey, look, this is based on some facts in the history yeah. of our country that you don't even, are some facts in history of other countries that you don't even realize. Mm -hmm. I think I read one book. I cannot remember the author's name, but it was called Golden Poppies. Have you read that one? I don't think so. Let me write it down so I can look it up. But I don't, it doesn't sound like something I've read. It's basically, it talks about, um, it's two families and it's a white family and a black family. And one of the, I think the grandma used to be a slave on the white person's um, during slavery time, mm -hmm. their plantation, but they end up getting very close and very tight and they consider each other family after the plantation is gone. But this talks about the generation and how, one is dying and the other one goes to visit. And I mean, it's just, and it reminded me a little bit of the vanishing half because they were talking about how some of them could pass as white people and that they could get in really bad trouble because one of the guys was the, that was passing for a white person was going to marry a black girl and that it was going to be a no, no. And this was back when the Pullman cars were going on and everything like that. So it, was, it opened up my eyes a lot to the history as well. So so, but that's one I would totally recommend you reading. Yeah, I have not read that, but I will. I don't know if it's a black author or not, but I think it is. Yeah. It had a lot of history in it, so I'm thinking it is. If not, she did a lot of great research on the book. Yeah, I'll have to look into that. I did read um, The Ghost Our Family by Macy Card, and that book I think is pretty new. It's, I will say, I think it's a great book. I will say it has a lot of characters and a lot of people to follow, but it, it kind of starts out with this grandfather and he's, you know, in his old age. And at the beginning of the book, you kind of learn that he's not who he says he is. He, you know, him along with one of his best friends were the only two black men who were serving in the military at a certain time in a branch of the military. And his friend dies and they think that the friend is him. And so they alert his family and all these people and they, they have them switch. So what he does is he takes his friend's identity mm -hmm. and it, it kind of shows you a little bit of a flashback of his life. He's now, you know, living in the U S and um, he wants to meet his, his granddaughter and his daughter. And she actually becomes his 
nursing aide as he's in his mm. old health and he has this idea of telling her who he is, but it kind of goes back into the history and it kind of starts to show you how all these people are weaved together and it goes all the way back to slavery and um, how this man, this older, you know, black Jamaican born man is connected to this white young woman who is living a completely different life than he is um, in the same town. They're both in New York and it goes all the way back to slavery and how their families actually know each other and in the history. And wow. it was just mind blowing. Like I said, there's a lot of characters. So it, you know, it's, it's an easy read, but you really have to paying attention because there's so many different things. But I was like, wow, because most people don't go back that far. And, and sometimes you don't want to, and that's respectable. Mm -hmm. um, but it just kind of goes to show like how things were connected and, and it was insane. You were like, there's no way these people could have any type of connection, but they do. Um, they do. It's It was crazy, crazy, crazy book. But that's a new book by Macy Card. I want to say this is her first book. Um, I want to say it is, but I, I could be mistaken. But it was good. I read it a few weeks ago or a few months ago now. That sounds like a book club book. Yeah, so a few people in book club have read it. Uh, we talked about it one day. I think the only reason I would go against it is because it is so many characters mm -hmm. and it's a lot to digest. Like it goes between generations, between people, between races. I mean, it's going back to, you know, like a hundred years. I mean, it's going back for a long, 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 long time. So um, not that I would be against it. It's just, it, it's a little hard to digest maybe and have conversation about because there's so much on there and there because yeah. it goes back to plantations there is a large amount of violence um in some places and you know some things that i don't know so yeah maybe but yeah yeah some some things that you may not want to talk about but some things that people need to talk about and not sweep under the rug too yeah. that's true and not say oh it didn't happen it didn't happen it didn't happen it happened for sure yeah, it happens. And it's just a few generations away. You know, for some people, it's only two or maybe even one, you know, depending on how old they are and how old their parents are. So, yeah, I was like, I was following one of my favorite um, Instagrammers and her mom is black. No, her dad is black and her mom is white. And she's talking about she can't even trace back her dad's family to only about a certain time because of slavery. And I was like, man, I just can't even imagine. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. so, yeah not uncommon not uncommon at all yeah so what is up next for you besides the book club um hopefully nothing <laughs> hopefully nothing is up next i feel so fortunate that i have all these things i have right i have a full-time job i have this great kind of uh, content creation digital blogging platform that I've had now for a couple years. I have this book club, which has just kind of been created out of my love for social justice, out of my love for reading, out of my desire to use my voice in, okay. in my platform. Um, but I also have other things like grad school and just life. And um, so hopefully nothing, honestly, I hope nothing big and new is on the horizon because Everything else I have right now is big enough and my horizon is a little full. So hopefully and the next yeah, hopefully the next thing is like a two week vacation. <laughs> and it's full of beautiful flowers that you 
if you follow her on Instagram, she has beautiful flowers that she goes and she does every, I don't know how you have room in your refrigerator for all your bouquets. Yeah, it's hard. That's because I don't cook. So there's not a lot of food in there. <laughs> That's how I make it work. Cause everything is like frozen. Cause it's, everything is like freezer. So cause I'm like, I, I can't cook. I might as well put some flowers in here and some wine and I'm good. So where do you get your flowers from? Cause your flower bouquets are gorgeous. I get most of them from Trader Joe's, like 99.9% .9 of the time. I have gone and gotten flowers one time from kind of like a wholesaler here in Raleigh, um, just to kind of have some fun and, and play around with some bouquets. But I find that Trader Joe's is, they have really great flowers. They have good variety, affordability, and it's it's easy to make things with stuff that people have access to, right? Mm -hmm. Wholesalers usually have access to these specialty flowers. And so I'm not saying my followers have to do the exact same thing I do, but I, I do like to focus on accessibility. So if I'm getting this like, you know, Japanese cherry blossom, you know, all these things, it's, it becomes harder and harder for people to see and get. And I want people to see, okay, that's, you know, $15 worth of flowers that I can treat myself to. And I can make two or three or just one big bouquet. And that can be my joy for a week and a half. Um, and I feel, I feel like we need that. My flowers are joy for me. And I'm like, I will gladly spend this $25 a week or every other week just to have a home full of flowers. It's totally worth it. Best therapy. Not the best, but great therapy. And a home full of cheese, ch charcuterie boards and cheese yeah. boards. Yeah. That's another thing that I'm like, mind blown. I'm waiting for a book club where you can do all when we can meet in person and you do uh, that with everybody. That would, that would be awesome. Like a book club with some flower arranging and charcuterie board i mean that would be great there are a lot of north carolina people in the book club so maybe next year i don't really i don't know when we'll be able to meet in person yeah that's maybe true christmas or something <laughs> maybe fingers crossed who knows though well i want to thank you for joining me today i mean we've chatted for almost an hour about these books i mean i'm still lakewood <laughs> As you can tell, I really love that book. I mean, I started I laughing. It, and I was like, what? Yeah. What? Yeah. What? Yep. I felt that way the whole time. Like, I, I love that people come and tell me, oh, my gosh, I love that book. Oh, my gosh, I shared that book with so many people or any other book um, that I've mentioned or talked about or had on book club because that's the point, right? You love it. You can share it. You can share with other people and, and get the word about get the word out about great authors and great books so yeah i'm glad you love it keep sharing it um, yeah and the vanishing half like i said i love that one too but that was you knocked that one out of the part the very first one thank you thank you even if you even if you had it since march and hadn't read it yet but i didn't i felt so bad not reading it it was just sitting on my on my island and you're like oh let me read it oh i'm a star book club let me just use this one right here pretty much you didn't want to have to go out and buy another one, right? Or, or no, I just I just kept that copy um, and read that because I was like, well, it's been sitting here, right? Like I'm reading all these great reviews. I should just kind of dig into it. So, was that originally in your um, Instagram? You did IGTV. Was that originally um, one of the books that you were discussing at IGTV, or did you discuss any books in that one? I can't remember. Um, in the IGTV, I did. I discussed, I want to say six or seven books. 
I can't quite remember if the vanishing half was one, but I know I did like the wedding date by Jasmine Gullery. I did the water dancer. Um, I did a few others, but I can't remember if the vanishing half was in that one or not. I know I did becoming by Michelle Obama and, uh, I think Stacey Abrams book, one of Stacey Abrams books. So a couple, but all really awesome titles. Um, yeah. Yeah. So tell everybody where they can find you at. Yeah. So I am on every platform at lots of SAS blog. Um, you can find me on my website at lotsofsass.com. Uh, my handle, like I said, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, most active on Instagram right now. Um, you guys can find me there. Um, if you just Google my first and last name, I'm sure there's a bunch of other places you can find me like LinkedIn and a whole bunch of other random spots, but always available to chat. You can email me, um, at lotsofsass.com. So I'm, I'm always around and available, love chatting with folks. So it are the signups closed for the book club for this month? Nope. Signups stay open. Um, so you can, even if you decide that day that you want to start reading and sign up, it's always open for folks. Okay. And you're re we're reading Born a Crime, right? Yep. Born a Crime by Trevor Noah. Yep. Ajanique, thank you so much for joining us. And I'm looking forward to attending this book club. <laughs> I always I'm sign excited. up and then I'm like, why does things happen on book club night? I know. I know. It's hard. It's life is hard, like figuring out dates and times and everything always happens at one time. That's how it is for my life. So I get it. Yeah. So I want to thank you so much. And I'm looking forward to having you back on the, once you decide your for next, next, next year, what your book clubs are. What your things are. I'm already counting down the days to come back. Should be, should be more fun then. Yeah, and then we'll be able to talk. Maybe we'll have a talk about some of your experience and what you've learned from doing the book club and what you what not to do and what to do with a book club. Yeah, maybe that's, that's that, would be that would be another good topic because I know there's a lot of people out there craving connection right now. So mm -hmm. that's so, fun. I, I'm put, I'll put it on my radar on my radar already. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, guys, um, thank you for joining. We'll see you on the next chat from the blog cabin. Bye guys. Bye. Wow. I really had so much fun chatting about books with Ajanique. It is just amazing. The authors that you're exposed to that are from a different genre or even a different color. So I honestly encourage you to reach out of your comfort zone and start reading some amazing authors. I cannot say enough about Lakewood by Megan Gibbons because that book was just blew my mind. Actually, I just passed it on to my youngest daughter to read. Um, but the, the, uh, the Bitter Half is an amazing book as well. I mean, she, we're doing reading right now, Born a Crime, which is, is awesome. I definitely suggest getting that on Audible because Trevor Noah speaking and his voice is just like, uh, he's from The Daily Show. So I honestly think that people should start reading outside of what they're, they're comfortable with because you can also learn a lot of historical stuff intermixed with what they're writing about so you learn a little backstories and you maybe get a better understanding of what people of color are black people in this world or latinos for that matter or asian americans what they go through in this life and so 
honestly, I think it opens our eyes up for everything. And remember, I have turned these chats from the blog cabin into only, not only this podcast, but Facebook Live and YouTube Live. I got smart, guys. I decided to start streaming these lives on YouTube as well. So in the days that they go live on Facebook, they're live on YouTube. So if you want to catch them on YouTube, just go to Chats from the Blog Cabin, click it in, and you'll find it. If you want to see it on Facebook, go to Adventures of Frugal Mom Facebook page, and you'll see whatever live videos I have there. So if you want to put the face behind the voice, there you go. You got that one. Thank you for being part of the Chats from the Blog Cabin family and podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and to leave a rating or review. And and honestly, if there's any topics that you would like me to cover, you can just go to Chats from the Blog Cabin Instagram page and drop me a link. Drop me a comment or an instant message and I'll get back to you because I'm always searching for new new heavy hitting topics. I've got a lot of topics coming up. We're going to be dealing about mental health. We're going to talk about um, growing up in a biracial family. We're going to talk about um, financial wellness. I have a people, someone coming on that has bipolar disorder, just basically anything and everything, nothing is off topic as far as I'm concerned, because I think that when we start talking about things is when we start making things a little bit more normal in our lives, especially mental health, because mental health is something that's not normal, that, that people don't say that it's normal, it's, but it needs to be normalized so that it's not such a big stigma. And I loved chat, chatting with Ajanique today on the of the podcast because I just love her and to listen to her talk and the passion that she has for these books and how trying that was her way of fighting the social injustice um in this world by creating a book club that people read uh, um black authors which I think is incredible so like I said I will link in the show notes the four books that we talked about I'll also link a couple more that she actually both her and I discussed so You know what I need you to do right now? I need you to be blessed. Keep chatting. And no, on this one, I need you to start reading as well. So have a good day.